Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. I am Nicole BC, and you, you have know everything. everything. gosh, I am so excited. I have one of my most favorite people here, someone who have, I have had the pleasure of working directly with. I've also recommended to many of my people because Alicia Barr is the sales seductress. I think I was calling you like the sales dominatrix there for a little while. Ooh. That might've been a slightly different um, era. <laughs> okay. In I'm into it. <laughs> but um, Alicia empowers people to predictably and comfortably bring in their ideal clients, grow their revenue, and help more people as a result without awkward sales strategies. And I can attest to every single word in that. If you want to have fun selling, if you don't think you are a great salesperson, Alicia is your gal. She is a sales strategist and a speaker with over 14 years of experience customizing sales strategies to your personality, your audience, and your service. No sale is one size fits all. She has sold over $50 million in services herself, and she's helped others sell over $10 million in just the last two years alone. So I wanted to bring her on here because, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about sales and her proven personalized approach, but we're also just going to talk about Alicia in general. She's an entrepreneur. She is a busy mama, and um, she has also been a community builder, like a networker. I think that's another way that you and I connected was through like a couple different like networking mm-hmm. opportunities. And you know, as a woman, as a mom, as a person who wears a million hundred different hats, to also find the time to be able to build connection and build business in your own city and online, it's like kind of a superpower. So uh, when you're ready, we're going to get into all of that, Alicia. How are you doing today? I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Well, actually, let's start there. Like, how did you get into it? Like, how did you realize that sales was kind of your superpower? And then, like, tell us a little bit about the journey. I know that you worked in sales for a really long time and then decided, like, I can do this for me. And that's going to allow other people to really fulfill their own purpose and their own mission in life and in work. So, yeah, how did you kind of like get here? That's true. So, I was always a natural at sales. And when people are natural at sales, You ask them what they do and they're like, well, you know, I don't really sell. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? How can I do anything with that? I don't even know what the hell that means. And so they've never had to articulate it before and they, because they don't train anyone and they also never have to go to training. So I've spent the last few, five years articulating what a natural seller does. And that's how I came up with my matchmaker sales method where you're fitting instead of selling, which means telling someone when they're not a fit. And that's why natural sellers say, I'm not really selling because they're just being honest about what's in the best interest of the person that they're talking to. So I worked and sold digital marketing for a really big corporation for a long time and worked with every kind of client, did like small contracts, million dollar contracts. It was really fantastic experience and then opened my own marketing agency. And that was successful. However, you have to bring on people to help you fulfill. And then that cuts into your overhead and like your profits. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're just managing more people and you're not making Mm -hmm. more money. And I was like, okay, I'm not into this. And there's a huge gap in sales training out there. For some reason, it all really sucks. The message of mainstream sales is it's going to be uncomfortable. It's a numbers game. You're going to get rejected a whole lot. And none of that is true. Unless you are going for a high volume approach, there's no reason any of that has to be true. If you have like 25 or less clients, you are going to get much more success not approaching it as a numbers game. And do you never have to do anything uncomfortable, whether you're doing it as a numbers game or not. So I was, I saw so many people who were very, very good at what they did and got their clients great results and were failing and, and quitting and closing their businesses because they did not know how to articulate it or navigate a conversation so that they expressed their value in a way that somebody understood and, and signed up for in a way that felt comfortable. So I have absolutely loved offering this refreshing alternative. It feels like giving people a superpower because if you can sell, you got a lot of options in front of you. 
pretty much one hundred percent. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I think there's like so many different reasons that the your messaging was something that I was attracted to in terms of like your own business and like actually taking that leap. Cause I think, uh, I mean, I think a handful of our listeners are, are potentially still employed or, or maybe at the beginning of their journey, or maybe they're well into their journey and they've never really considered themselves a salesperson. They've been like outsourcing or trying to find other people. Like tell us a little bit about what it was like taking that leap going from like gainfully employed to scarily on your own. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a calculated risk kind of girl. Uh-huh. I, uh, I built it up on the side while I was employed. There you go. Yeah. And then when I had enough clientele built up, I left. But when I moved from marketing agency to sales strategy mm-hmm. only, I didn't do that. <laughs> and I did it. I had a, I got pregnant and I had a baby and I decided to go into the sales only business when I had a newborn, which I don't really recommend. Don't really there recommend building a business with a newborn. <laughs> um and it was it was definitely scary. I think the biggest thing that is unexpected before going into owning your own business is that it's so much of it is mindset work. It's invisible. It's mm. invisible things that will take you down, that will make you quit, that will make you stop. And it, being able to master or rein in your wild horse of a mind is so key to succeeding. It's the difference between just continuing on or saying I give up. You can just freak yourself out so easily. Uh, we are definitely going to circle back to that. And I'm I'm going to talk to you. You're here for some selfish reasons as well, because I think things have, I mean, I don't know, I'll be curious. And like, I'm going to put a pin in this, but I think some things have changed pretty dramatically, especially in the digital marketing area, but just in business in general over the last few years. So we're going to circle back to that. I still, I want to stay on the topic of you for a minute. Okay, and cool. thank you for answering that question because I was curious, like when baby numero uno showed up in terms of like your business development. Oh, and um, yeah. it's funny, a girlfriend of mine is like six weeks into Bama Dome and she had started, <laughs> she was debating on like, she has consulting clients. Um, she's actually in grant development. She's actually an old client of mine as well. Uh, grant development and she has a job, but she's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come back after maternity leave. I think a lot of moms kind of ask themselves that question. And Six weeks ago, she was like, I'm going to get the consulting arm up. I'm going to have all of these clients. It's going to be amazing. Now she's like, I can't even. She's like, I get to pee or sleep or shower or eat. So I don't know how I'm going to also work. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's why some of us just completely chickened out and didn't walk down that road at all. Um, You have to have daycare, some type of child care. There's no, I don't know how anybody does it with the child at home. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know that everybody has that choice. Like, and I, you know, I think it's, it seems like you're either working to pay for childcare or you're not working and taking care of your kid, which some people are also just like, that's not part of their repertoire (laughs) to just be like full time mom. I think that that takes like a very, um, a very special human, but, um, hardest job. What, you know that I've spent a lot of time in the creative industries and I'm curious when you think about yourself, do you consider you to be a creative or do you use creativity more in your actual like sales strategies? That's such an interesting question. I do consider myself creative. Sales is art with words. Mm. There are so many ways you can say something and Sometimes people won't understand it unless you say it differently. So like even just the other day, I was talking to this girl who was like, I really don't like woo-woo stuff. It does not resonate with me. You know, I know I'm supposed to be like tapping in my intuition and all of that. And I was like, you know, it's it's funny because it probably does resonate with you said differently. So like instead of in in the flow, what about in the zone? You've definitely been in the zone where you're just like knocking shit out, like for sure. Or as far as like following your intuition, it's really just following what you enjoy, what makes you happy and fulfilled. And she was like, oh, I get it. So it's really just the art of words. It's like, how can we say it so that it communicates what we intend? Yep. (laughs) You said some prophetic things already. Uh, It's the invisible things that will take you down and sales (laughs) is art with words. So uh, we're done. Thanks. That was really great. I'm just kidding. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody is an artist and I think we are all creative and I think it's a muscle that needs to be trained and it's through resistance that we build strength. How did you, I mean, 
like, were you a born salesperson? How did you kind of develop this creative art of yours? You know, it really comes from a place of empathy. <laughs> I've always been a very empathetic person and it's such a foundational element for sales done correctly. I also just genuinely give a shit about my clients and they can tell. So that's what always really made the difference in people working with me is they were like, oh, I can tell to the whole like not fitting thing. She's going to tell me if what I want isn't actually what I need. She's going to tell me if I shouldn't spend money on this. She's not going to just get the sale. I just really wanted the people to get the best result and the best interest for them. And having that intention can go a really long way. And then having the empathy for understanding where somebody is in their challenge, how they got to the situation mm -hmm. they're in and what they're experiencing is very powerful because there's not, there are a few things more powerful in the world than feeling seen and heard. And it just so rarely happens for humans. So in a sales space, if you're able to see and hear what somebody's going through and, and express that back to them in a way that makes them think, oh my God, she gets it. They think then she, if she understands it, then she knows how to help me. So it was Damn. just kind of like, I was always a naturally like empathetic person who gave a shit yeah. about others. And it just translated really well into sales because that's an unfortunately rare experience in sales as a buyer. Uh, I hope everybody listening is like taking notes because that was probably like $10,000 worth of advice right there. You're welcome. <laughs> You're um, so, nice. so how, when you were first starting your business, I mean, you must've felt like you were under the gun. Like you have a newborn baby screaming at you. I know that like your family is dependent on your income. Like it's not like you're some sugar mom, well, sugar mama, sugar daddy. <laughs> Yeah. You got one of those things. <laughs> How like, cause I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't get to choose. Like I have to sell, I have to make money. And that means I have to work with whatever comes my way. How oh. did you kind of like lean into that? Like trust muscle of being like, I am I, here to help. And if I can't solve your problem, this isn't going to be a good fit. I mean, I made a ton of mistakes at first. So mm -hmm. the lesson, when people tell me like, what's the one piece of advice you would give somebody? It's that some money is not better than no money. Mm. You think, oh, I I'm going to take on this client because some money is better than no money. They're asking me to do stuff that's out of scope. That's not really my zone of genius. It sounds a little off. I don't know if I want to work with them, but some money is better than no money, right? And then you take on that client and it completely ruins your ability to make any other money because they're taking up all your time and your energy and your mental and emotional capacity. And so you end up making less money. And unfortunately, I think it's a lesson that you have to experience firsthand. Yeah. Probably at least three times. And then you'll finally stop. And then you'll probably make the mistake again a couple years later, because you'll convince yourself somehow that the situation isn't what you thought it was. I mean, so I, I found the trust by like trial and error, by making the mistakes by, I mean, when I first started, I thought that pay for performance was going to be a killer offer, right? I'm not mm. going to make money unless you make money. But it de-incentivized people to sell because when they sold something, they had to pay me money. And human psychology wow. is weird. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I've never heard it put like that. I've always thought that was like, we're going in on this together. But yeah, people don't really like parting with money once they have it. Yeah. they And it's, they don't like how it's like an unknown number. I don't know how much I'm going to end up paying you because it's dependent yeah. on how much I yeah. sell. Right. Huh. So I, I was in a number of situations that were not working out to find out what worked. And I think more than anything, it's giving yourself the grace to get it wrong and the strength to move on as quickly as possible to the next thing. Mm. more than like the trust of it. It's like, trust yourself to get it wrong and then know that you're going to get it right the more th things that you try. How did you find your initial people that you started working with? Man, I just was like a sponge for knowledge. So I got in as many groups as possible. The only shortcut that is ever available in business is being around people who have done what you want to do. So I sought those people out and was really humble <laughs> and curious. And they linked me up with, yeah. uh, with people who had job opportunities. I, I had somebody who, who saw that I had raw talent and brought me on to manage his sales teams that he had paid Facebook ads 
going to, to book, to book appointments. And that was really how I first dialed in my sales process that I create for other people. And I, because there were so many repetitions happening, I was able to, you know, work it very quickly. And it was not a great deal. It was kind of a shitty deal as far as compensation goes. Like he found somebody who didn't have a lot of experience in this particular space, tons of sales experience and tons of marketing experience, but not necessarily managing sales teams or creating sales strategies. And so he got me for a smoking deal. And eventually I was like, this is kind of shitty and I need to be paid more. And I understand how much work I'm putting into this. And I I got paid more at that point. And then we eventually parted ways. And it was just, it was amazing foundation for what I do. And I'm grateful to it, but I definitely got screwed in the process. How did you, I'm curious, because I think this might be useful for people. How did you, because selling yourself is, I think you might've even been the one that like taught me this, but like the first thing we need to do is be able to sell ourselves, let alone sell ourselves to someone else. Like any hot tips for someone who wants to get paid more money? Yeah, definitely. First of all, stop thinking about how many hours you're spending with somebody. Mm. Like it's not about time spent. Should you be penalized financially because you're more efficient at getting a result? Absolutely not. Who gives a shit how fast you do it? If anything, that is a benefit and they should pay more for it Mm. because you're able to get them that result in only one session or whatever. So you really want to start focusing on the result of what you do because all the hours you've put into it, all the training, all the certifications, all the experience, all of that stuff is allowing you to, to do something much quicker. So if you want to charge more, stop talking about how many hours and just say, it's this much investment for this result. You get your course live launched and set up in a way so that you have 90% completion rates or whatever the result is. Talk about it like that. And then also discuss with them what the alternatives are and discuss with yourself what the alternatives Mm. are. What are the other options they could, let's, let's go with course launches. How else could they set up a course? Well, they could fiddle with it on their own forever and do a really shitty job. They could hire someone who is extremely expensive and does a really bad job. They could hire somebody who doesn't have any educational experience and and maybe you bring that to the table. So you're able to set up the course in a way that is designed to have a bigger impact on your client, which means more money for you. You want to really think about what makes you different from the other options and Mm. and feel very confident in that and knowing that you are the best option for somebody to get that result. Something that you also just mentioned, like, like knowing how you're different, because it's like you seem to have a superpower for knowing when like like when to pivot, if you will. And you kind of talked a little bit about like I asked you, like, when should you sell yourself? But it's like what you know, when is when is a particular strategy or a particular offering or service or product like not hitting its marks. And how do you know, like it's time to pivot the strategy or potentially pivot the audience or potentially even pivot like the product or offering? I feel like I've, I've watched you sort of deftly maneuver between those own things in your own business. But I, my guess is you also help people do that in their own businesses. Uh, what kind of comes to mind when I ask like, what's that, that moment where you're like, "Eh, we probably need to do something a little bit different here. Yeah. So, I mean, my question, whenever any, anybody asks about their offer and if it's a good one, I'm like, does it get people results? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If the answer is yes, and it's not selling, then the issue is your positioning and messaging. So like, for example, I had a client who had a social media agency and she wanted a way to scale that wasn't done for you social media. So she was going to do social media coaching. And she's like, nobody wants it. Nobody wants social media coaching. And I'm like, no shit. Sounds terrible. (laughs) What they do want is they want to know how to generate leads with social media with only one hour a week. Like once I had talked to her about her process in depth, I realized that that's what she did. She helped people get leads with only an hour a week. And she started signing everybody up. So a lot of times it's just a matter of understanding what you do and how it's different. And you're so close to it that you're not even really sure what makes you different. And that is one of my superpowers. It is understanding your offer inside and out and then being able to say, ooh, this is the thing that's different and saying it in one line. Now, when it's time to pivot is if people aren't getting results from something or if somebody's drowning in their work, I see so many people thinking that they have to do things that because they should 
all the time. Like, oh, I think I should include this. I should include 24 seven support. Do they need that to get a result? No, then don't include it. Stop including it. And we did this with you, Nicole, because I remember you were just like over, you just had stuff over leverage. So like, I really like to look at not only making somebody money, but also are you happy? Are you enjoying these projects? What are the projects you enjoy? What are the clients you enjoy? And if that's not what you're doing, then definitely pivot because there's no need to do anything that you don't like to do ever. I couldn't agree more. So how, like, how do you kind of juggle it all in terms of building your business, serving your people, your actual life, like, and making sure that you are finding like enjoyment and at least most of what you're doing most of the time. Dude, it's so hard. It's so hard having little ass kids. Mm. They, I'm just like, I don't know how everybody's doing it. And and I don't know how they do it with a real full-time job that has a boss that you can't like stay home sick with your kid when they're sick. Or there's so many weird holidays at school now where the kids are just home. I, I don't know. And also daycare is wildly expensive. I'm like, what what are regular people doing? They have to pay rent. They can't go to anyway. So I have to put a lot of intention. And I think this is the Libra in me in being really balanced. I have to have my identities separate. So I have my mom identity and I have me as a person identity. I have my business owner identity, my wife identity. And I really try to give all of them equal amounts of time and space and love because it is so easy to lose yourself in growing a business or lose yourself as a mom raising a kid. And I've just seen the outcome of that so many times and it's misery. It's like, not all of a sudden your life almost gets hijacked from yourself. So I I just put a lot of time aside for each of those things. And it's really exhausting. And sometimes I'm like, God damn, this is hard. Like, how can I, I don't know. I know extracurriculars are coming and I don't know how people manage that. Like then their kids in three different extracurriculars a week. Like I'm, I'm totally frightened. I just got to make enough money to hire like a chauffeur. (laughs) How do you like, do you have a structure to your day to day or week to week in terms of work that enables you to like stay, you know, quote unquote on top of it? Well, I, I try my best to take Fridays off and that really helps me charge for when I have to be with my kids on the weekend and on the weekend, I'm not working like putting the phone away, getting away from it unless it's urgent. Yeah. And um, me and my husband like make a point as soon as the kids are asleep to have like time together. That's like not just holding hands and watching Netflix. So we we make a really intentional effort around that. And then me and my husband, it's really about like working stuff out with your partner. Like we got to like we got to be able to let each other know when you need to tap in because I'm flagging or you need me to tap in and I'll pick up the slack or you need a moment. I mean, I am personally like, wait, are you grumpy? What do you need? Do you need to go be in the woods for a while? Please go do that so that you can come back and be a pleasant person to be around. In the same way, like I'm going to be a huge bitch if I don't get this time or if I don't see my friends and he's like, cool, go do it. You know, like whatever you need. And people are so concerned about self-care. They think it's selfish. And I think it's selfish if you're not taking care of yourself because Mm -hmm. I have to be around you being an asshole and a low quality version of yourself. So it's actually rude. Can you do whatever you need to do to be a quality human to be around? And I will do the same. Yeah, I I always say like, I think being selfish is the most selfless thing we can do because when you feel good and you're willing to like take care of yourself and, you know, I think about this in terms of like service and sales and business as well. Like, you know, I talk about like the seven levels of energy and like level four is this really yeah. like compassionate, heart-led, um, connected, impactful, charitable space. But the flip side of that is like martyrdom and resentment and mm. this kind of like hero victim dance that can happen because like we're overextending and you actually kind of mentioned it, like in terms of the, the over delivering with offers and actually spreading yourself so thin and, and adding on so many different benefits. And I think they call it like free feature creep and like more product oriented businesses, like where you're, you're tipping the scales so far, there's, there's no way to recover. And then this like resentment and this bitterness and ultimately burnout like shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, I think it does, I think you and I have talked about this a lot, like 
can you tell a, an entrepreneur and a business owner, like you are sprinting directly to, towards the burnout wall. Like you were going to hit that wall and you were going to collapse. I think, I don't know. I mean, I've, I don't know if there's actual like studies based on this, but it's like you, you almost have to hit that boundary, that wall in order just to recognize like, oh, I can't, like I joke about like me in the, my twenties, I didn't need sleep apparently. Um, but like, I can remember having like pretty dark days as a result of that fallacy. Like I can work 20 hours a day, seven days a week and like, we're good here. And it's like, well, are we though? <laughs> but, um, I thought like what really lit me up was being able to take care of my people at the time and the businesses that I was supporting at the time. And, and it truly brought me joy to solve those problems. And when we can identify with like, you've been talking about the problem that someone's experiencing and help them find the solution. Cause ultimately like, that's the only way it's really going to land. Right. As if it's their solution. Mm-hmm. And you said like your superpower is really facilitating that discovery process of what makes me different and how mm-hmm. can I, how can I utilize that? Like I, I call it the latent mutant superpower. Like, <laughs> Where do I get the spider to bite me so that I can discover that like I have these special powers? Um, But it's, yeah, it is kind of like a trial and error process. And I know something else that I thought was really cool because a lot of the people I work with, I think would, would relate to this term, but like introverts Mm -hmm. and um, people who might not feel like they're able to advocate for themselves on a regular basis or they they feel shy for lack of a better word when it comes to selling or or really talking about them not talking about themselves because that's not what it's about but like this ability to to identify a problem and recognize like I have a solution if that solution's not for you like no harm no foul here but let's chat it out like how do you how did you firstly discover like introverts as being a unique excuse me a unique population. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, especially for creatives, again, a lot of people that I work with, I think they identify with that term and they think they suck at sales. But what makes introverts like really? unique at selling and special with selling? They have superpowers for sales. And I have known many introverts in my life who are the best salespeople. I'm an introvert, by the way. Introverts typically, obviously, you know, take blanket statements with a grain of salt. But they are very naturally good at empathy and curiosity. Mm. So oftentimes introverts listen way better and they're able to like put themselves in the other person's shoes, which is empathy, like in a, in a situation because they're listening so well. They're very aware of like the other person's experience of them. Whereas sometimes extroverts are like, I'm having a great time. So you're having a great time, Right. And it's like, they're not as picking up as much on like the cues from somebody else. Cause they're just like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so introverts are naturally good at those skills, which help with sales, but also they're pattern interrupt. When somebody doesn't seem like a salesperson, you trust them more. Who are you going to trust more? Somebody who's like, charming and like super smooth and, you know, just has all these little witticisms and stuff. Or are you going to trust somebody who shows up a little quiet and ask good questions? That's such a good call. I want so this is where I'm going to start asking you selfish questions. Do you think introverts without understanding, like actually they're uniquely positioned to sell, um, can kind of fall prey to like the high volume marketing, like cold calling, cold emailing, digital marketing, like Facebook kind of, you know, like Hail Mary, silver bullet kind of sales people like selling, like I've got this thing and it'll get you a million leads and we'll put a million leads on your calendar or like, you know, yeah. that kind of brouhaha. Yeah, they're very susceptible and it drains their soul. So mm. the reason it's so important, I used to work, like I targeted the audience of introverts because they have to be so careful about their energy and how they spend it with people. They need to be very intentional with it because I don't have a whole lot of gas in the tank. And if you're talking to everybody and anybody, you're going to run out of gas real quick. It just sucks your soul away. So those strategies are not going to work well for introverts. And then they also often feel like they need to pretend like they're high energy or something and that they want to have all this small talk, which it's small talk is kryptonite for introverts. 
And you don't have to do anything like that. And it feels super incongruent to the buyer when you're acting like somebody you're not. And back to the further, the previous point, like when you show up not high energy, you're a pattern interrupt. They just trust you more. So just like, even if you feel awkward about sales, you can literally show up in a sales conversation and say, hey, I feel awkward about sales. I kind of hate it, but I want to find out if I can help you. Just take the pressure off. And how much, if you were a buyer, how would you feel if somebody said that? Yeah. I mean, that's another $10,000 nugget right there. Um, okay. But so like to the cold calls, like the emails. So personally, I think we're all running out of gas in the tank. Like I think we're all being asked to do so many damn things all of the time. And I don't know if, I mean, if it's just my awareness now, like into my adulthood that I'm noticing just like how thinly spread we all are. Mm. But I like, I can't tell you how many emails I get, how many spam calls I get. And I, and I have to wonder, like, especially when I'm getting like the third auto generated response, it's like, Hey, <laughs> bumping this to the top of your inbox, you must've missed it. And it's like, no dude, I don't want what you got. I don't know why you're fucking reaching out to me. Like, and I don't know the, and on that third email, I'm like, does this work for anybody? Because I am reporting you as spam and I wish you the best of luck because you're going to fucking need it. Like, is there a particular, I mean, and these are like, it's wild to me because people will be offering me financial services. I have a financial accounting company. Like they'll be offering me products and services for a business that I don't have or things that I feel like, like, um, a personal assistant, uh, SEO marketing, like things that like on the flip side of it would actually require like a really in-depth knowledge of me and my service and my business. So like, why is sending me five emails in a 24 hour period? Like who came up with that? Why do people think that works? Like, does it work? Am I just missing the boat here? Dude, the only reason that that strategy is ever necessary is if you're trying to, to hit sheer volume numbers. If you're like, we need as many subscriptions as possible. But for people who have intimate client relationships, like financial services or an assistant, like you're going to have an ongoing client relationship with this person. That is not the way to go about it because any client who comes in through that is, is kind of like a, probably a nightmare client, <laughs> you know, and, and it comes in with like this desperate energy going on and scarcity and like that they own you because you reached out and begged for their business. <laughs> so it really the does- shit out of them to get it. Like, yeah, it's just like, are you going for high quality, high paying clients? Then that approach is not a good one. If you're going mm. for just high volume, then then that is a good approach. But you're just ready to like be super inefficient. You just have underlings doing it. You're not going to do yeah. it yourself. If, if other people are doing it, you're like, fine. I don't care if it ruins my reputation because I'm going for millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people. So who cares? It's, it's definitely not as efficient as if you were intentional with who you were targeting. And it's super damaging to someone who's going to have the client relationship because they get so many no's that they wonder like, is it me? Is it my offer? Is it my price? I, and they start doubting themselves when really they just need to be intentional about who they're reaching out to. Is this somebody who would even be a good fit mm. for your service? And to your point, like they're not looking at your, that you have a, a financial services company. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Do your research people. Come on. It's yeah. It's wild to me. What, I mean, what else do you think has changed kind of in the landscape of like digital and online marketing, um, in the last few years? <sighs> I don't know. I know that the strategy, this popular sales strategy in the online coaching and education space is evolved from the 1950s life insurance strategy where they would share, (laughs) they would scare the shit out of wives. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, you're, you're going to be, you know, destitute. Your kids are going to be homeless. Like if you don't get insurance, right? So the cost of inaction is what they call it. And they're really light on the details of how it's going to happen. They just mirror back what your ideas, uh, ideal situation is. They just say it in your exact words. Say, oh, oh, you wanted a, um, a unicorn with a purple mane and, um, you know, can- candy corn eyes. I have that. That's what I want. And then if you say, no, I have the exact thing that you want. Yeah, well, it seems a little suspicious that it's exactly yeah. what I asked for. I'm already, people are just scared that you're going to sell them a dream, whether it works for them or not. So I think that more than ever, some clarity on how the hell you get somebody a result is really helpful in a call. 
Like we're going to go through these phases. First, we're going to understand where you came from. Then we're going to take the lessons that we learned and then throw out the ones that didn't work. And then we're going to layer on some new lessons and then we're going to perfect your strategy. Like at least walk them through how you're going to take them to one point A to point B instead of just saying, well, we're going to take you to point A to point B and you should just trust us. I don't think that people are, are buying that anymore. I don't know why up until this point, there's been such a message of sales has to be uncomfortable. That is just not true. It, it, it will be more successful when it is comfortable. Mm. Don't say or do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah, I've seen so much backlash in terms of that like high volume sales approach. Uh, so many different businesses um, focus on getting that sale, getting the lead, closing the sale. And you stack that up, but then these, these customers, clients, buyers on the other side of it are inevitably disappointed. And there've been some like very, I consider them to be malicious sales strategies are using like these, you know, they're leaning on the, the, this human need like FOMO and deadlines and deals. And it's just like pressure, 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 buy, buy, buy now, now, now. And yes, you get a very high volume of sales, but two years later, you're out of business because none of those people wanted to buy again. None of those people would recommend you. And now those people are even dirtier on sales and like your particular service than they were just generally speaking. And it's, um, it's been really interesting just obviously for like me and my own business. You know, when I first started, no one knew what a coach was. Now, not only does everybody know what a coach is, they've had a really negative experience with a coach as well. And yeah, it's, um, makes me so sad. It, it makes me sad. You know, I think, uh, having absolutely been one of those people who's had a really negative relationship Mm -hmm. or uh, experience with a coach, I, I look at like what, what happened? Where was I when I signed on? What was I really buying? Is that something someone can even truly sell? Like I, you know, I, I was seeking to that magic bullet and that like quantum leap in terms of specific results that they, that, like you said, they gave me the purple haired candy corn eyes, you know, (laughs) unicorn, but it's like, they've, they've, they've got no proof of concept. They've never, ever made that unicorn before. And had I, done a little, I did, I did some homework cause I thought I was like, Oh, I'll check references and I'll talk to people. But anywho, I'm getting a little lost in the weeds in my own personal trauma with it. But you know, the, it's like, there are some things you can't buy. And if someone's selling that, like your alarm bell should be going off, but really ask yourself, like, why do I, why do I think I can buy this specific Like, I remember one person that I worked with their, their program was called seven weeks to, to, seven figures. That's what it was. What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they had two people. They had one person who already had a super strong online following, like literally a hundred thousand people in a Facebook group and they'd never monetized anything. So it's like you sell those people like $10 worth of something. Uh, And then herself who was selling seven weeks to seven figures. So (laughs) there you go. Uh, That actually wasn't my bad experience. I think like you've been saying over and over and over again, it's not about the sale, it's about the result. And I think that's so beautiful because that's going to connect you to people that really resonate with what you're trying to do. Well, I would say like one of the big things I think is missing and why people get sold into things that aren't fits for them and stuff Mm -hmm. is because people are not clear on who's not a fit. They're not clear on who they should be repelling. Other than somebody like their criteria will be like, you have to be coachable and have a working credit card. Okay. Well, nobody's going to say they're not coachable. Okay. (laughs) So it's not really criteria. And either is having a working credit card. You're just basically open to marry anybody who has a pulse. So knowing who's not a fit and communicating that. So if you were in this position, you would not be a fit. Like I see these people, they're like, you don't have to have any skills or education to create a course and sell it and become a millionaire. That is a lie. (laughs) That's bullshit. You're lying to people. They think I don't need to know anything or have anything to offer and I will somehow make a ton of money. That's just you not being honest with people that they're not a fit yet. You, You have to have some type of skill you can monetize. So I think that like it, if people could be clear about this wouldn't work for you if this was the case, blah, 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 blah. It would make people more empowered to say, oh, that is me or that is not me. 100%. How do you, like, just speaking on the coachable level, because I like if someone, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but I'm assuming if someone engages with you, it's because they want to sell more. 
And therefore, you're going to suggest or facilitate or develop some sales strategies. And I'm sure people feel uncomfortable. Like, how do you deal with that? They usually don't feel uncomfortable because- There you go. I kind of knew you were going to say that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's cool that I can create something custom to you and we create it together because I'll just be like, would you say this? Do you feel comfortable saying this? Does this yeah. accurately represent you? Does this accurately represent your offer? And people can say, yeah, or no, I wouldn't say exactly. Okay, well, let's just change it to what you would say and what you do feel confident. So people are usually pretty excited to use the framework that I put together for them because they feel like it. So it's it's finally the words that they've needed. Yeah. It's truly customized. It's truly supportive. Like when someone is telling you to do something and it makes you feel gross or weird or uncomfortable, first and foremost, not coaching, but secondly, they're probably telling you what's worked for them without any ability to like empathize, like you've been saying, or be creative and see like, how, how could we adapt this? So that it is something, because I personally believe if you're not excited about it, if you don't want to do it, it can't work. It isn't about like getting to that next level and like being willing to take the leap and like confronting your fears. It's like, you know, the invisible stuff will sink you, but it's not because like you think that what you're about to do is gross. (laughs) Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I knew I like that was a loaded question. I set you you up for that one. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I'm glad you did because... Everybody is worried when they get into Mm. sales that they're going to have to do something that they don't like. And with good reason, everybody says that you have to do something that you don't like. And the true mark of an expert, in my opinion, is that they can customize their expertise to you. If they can only show you how to do things one way, that is not an expert. Look at a coach of a sports team. That that person is coaching everybody to their own strengths, Mm. not like everybody gets the same coaching approach. That would be insane. And there are so many coaches who are like, this is the exact blueprint. You do it this exact way and it'll work for you. Well, only if you look exactly like that person and you act like that person and you have an offer an audience like that person. And that person is usually an older, aggressive white dude. And there are a lot of people who are not older, aggressive white dudes. There's like really kind white dudes who do not align with that strategy and they feel really awkward doing it. And like, it just it's like a lot of people can do something for themselves. Few people can do something for somebody else. So Mm. you're like working with somebody, ask who else they did it for. Was it someone like you? Are they able to customize it? And ask them who it doesn't work for. Who does, who does this not work for? Mm. And if they don't have a clear answer, run because they're trying to say that their shit works for everyone. And no, and that's just not true ever. Ooh, God damn. There's so many good nuggets of this. Um, Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to circle back to one of the weird bits just because this is a thread I like to pull through all of these different conversations that I have with people. How did you kind of get I mean, do you do you consider yourself into the woo? Uh, does spirituality, quote unquote, play into like your business or your ability to empathize the the invisible things that can sink you? Like what I'm just curious what your thoughts are on all of that. I have gone really deep into mindset work, for yeah. sure, because We have a ton of stuff that is affecting the results we create. If there's ever an instance where you're like, why do I keep having the same thing happen to me? Well, (laughs) you want to look into that for sure. Uh, There's something subconscious that's creating that, that result. And a lot of it is not knowing your emotions. So I I guess I'm into the woo in the way that I've become more and more and more self-aware like, Ooh, Oh, I don't have a good reaction to that. Why? And like really digging into and understanding it so I can sort of like hack my own life and behavior and know when I'm having a negative reaction that is something I should listen to or a negative reaction mm. that's based on something imaginary that doesn't matter. So I like it's how been you called it mindset work. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like it's just using words to describe a situation in a way that's going to connect with people. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, I I was just curious how you feel like that plays into your work. And it sounds like it's like the the underlying current that is sort of flowing underneath like a lot that you do. Yes. And it it definitely plays in with my clients. I'm not a mindset coach, but Mm. I do love telling people, 
giving them permission to be as weird or as different as they want or like whatever. I remember I had one guy who was like, I just get on these short calls and I do like four of them and then the client converts. Should I change it? to, to be like an hour long call. And I'm like, well, are you getting results? Yeah. They're, they're moving forward. Then keep doing it and tell everyone to shut the fuck up. Who says anything (laughs) different results are the only metric that matters results. And are you having a good time? Mm. So if, if I, I love telling people like, Oh, you don't like doing that. Okay. Let's not do it. Like, (laughs) and we're done. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself is mindset work because they have a limiting belief that they have to do things that they don't want to do or that work should be hard. They call it work for a reason or I have to include all this shit to, to charge this amount. So it's mindset work in the way that of giving people like the freedom and permission to just let go of all that shit. You're not in a corporate job. So let's design what you would design if you had nothing but possibilities in front of you, because that's literally what you have. You have a blank canvas right now. Let's- oh, I love that. I love that so much. Do you have any mindset resources that you tend to find yourself referring people to? There is this book that is rocking my fucking world. I've been meaning to tell you about it, Nicole. And I don't say this often. I am not a nonfiction book reader. It's called Unbound. Oh, Okay. Writing it down. And it's a woman's guide to power. And that name sounds weird. And it's not really about that. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is, but it sort of explains the typical situation that every woman finds herself in, where she's taking on too much and not asking for help and resentful about it, where she feels like she's not allowed to be angry or direct or bossy or any of these things and really breaking those patterns. And it definitely relates to my philosophy around sales too. So it's, it's fun to see how those line up, but she essentially calls out like all the things you're, you're doing in your life that aren't creating the life that you want. And especially allowing yourself to want women. We don't even know what we want. Somebody asks us what we want. We're like, shit, I don't know. Like, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to make more money. That's what, no, why? You know, get specific. The only way you can reach a goal is if it's specific because you'll know how to reverse engineer to make an extra hundred thousand because you want to have three extra vacations a year that are first class that you bring a nanny with you on. And then you're able to say, oh, I arrived. I, I did that. You, you have milestones to check your success. And women just haven't been allowed to want anything because it's needy or weak or whatever message mm. we think it is. And Unbound is just so good at helping you understand what it is you actually want with specificity. And then she has a lot of interesting stuff about like, she calls it attention out and in and says that basically, you know, when you're like really trying hard to be nice to somebody and you can tell it's not landing with them and they hate you. <laughs> no, I, I don't know that experience, but I bet many better people than I do. <laughs> Like I'm usually the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like, why are you crying? (laughs) Did I hurt your feelings? Sorry, go on. Well, yeah, no, same thing, right? So (laughs) kind of the same thing. So you'll be upset about something, but you'll be like, I'm not going to tell this person the thing I'm upset about. I'm just going to be like, no, it's great. And then the person's like, oh. So she says that. Yeah. (laughs) She says our animal bodies are reacting to each other. And like on a primal level, we can sense that the other person isn't congruent emotionally Mm. with whatever they're trying to do. And that's like the state that women live in because we're always trying to make ourselves smaller or softer or whatever. And so it's not landing with people. We can't get them to do what we want because we're so incongruent in that way. So anyway, Unbound. Did I go on way too long about that? No, no, no. I was just, I was thinking about it with like the seven levels of energy, how like that's like a very like, you Ooh. you want people, you want to meet people where they're at, but then we think we need to go, you know, potentially down to that level. And so there's Ooh. this ability to, to see where someone's at and empathize with where they're at and then give them permission to join you when they're ready. But yeah, if you just jump into a like, oh, I'm sure like one day you'll stop mourning your mom and then it'll be fine. And you're like, yeah, well, that's not today. And um, it's still really sad and hard. Like there's that like bypassing that can occur mm. um, when you oh, want yeah. someone to be in a different place than they are. And so by just simply trusting them and allowing them to be exactly where they are, because that is exactly where they need to be to get whatever it is that they want, even if it feels like you would do it differently or they are not happy, quote unquote, with 
the result they're getting. It's like, but there's, they're still doing that thing to get that result. So for them, it makes sense. Like, and you can let them know that like, if they are seeking change or something different, there's another opportunity there, but they're not ready for that opportunity yet. So anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. I was just relating everything you were saying back to me. No big deal. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, that's what I was doing with the book too. I'm like, oh, this aligns with my sales philosophy so much, you know, but I mean, it, it would just really like untangles the limiting beliefs that we have that we don't even realize that we have because women are supposed to be like skinny, but not too skinny and successful, but not too successful and ambitious, but not too ambitious and nice, but not Mm. too nice. And like, it's just super confusing for us. And so it really just like throws all that away and gives you the, the steps to just own, get whatever the hell you want out of life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely check that out. Well, what about you? If people wanted to work with you or do you have any fun things going on that you might recommend to people? How could they get in touch? I would definitely go check out my podcast. Sales is not a dirty word. And listen to the episode about how to sell like a natural. Mm -hmm. And if it aligns with you or resonates with you, then there's a lot of other short episodes that I have that are like 10 minutes about that sales philosophy. And that's the best way to get familiar with what, what I do. And if it, it feels like a fit for you. Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes as well to make it easy for people. Okay. Amazing. This has been so fun, Nicole. This I guess that means fun. It's, it's over. Cause you asked me to do the thing where I like tell people where to find me. That usually means goodbye. Well, I asked, yeah, I asked all of the questions I've got. You're so like succinct. It's interesting. Cause I call this podcast, the relatables. Cause I really want to talk to people who the listener can feel like I could invite that person over for a beverage as I like to frame it. Or like, yeah, like I'm like, I, I get that person. I see some of myself in that person. I feel like so often, especially in these like business podcasts, people are interviewing these like, you know, I've made a hundred million dollars and I'm perfect. And I like, you know, travel on private jets and it's like that. Okay, cool. And then they're dispelling these like weird sort of unreachable, unrelatable, like, tips and tricks. And so I, I am very grateful that you agreed to be on here and to play with me for an hour, but like you, you, you were clearly a professional, like you nailed it. <laughs> this is like one of the shorter conversations that I have, but yeah, really probably one of the most powerful and one of the most impactful. You dropped so many different nuggets in there. I'm going to go back and listen to this over and over again. And yeah, this is why I, I love that. Um, it took us this long to make this happen. So thank you for your patience with me. I think like I might have been like a year ago, like we should do this. And then all sorts of things, uh, both unraveled and came together in my own life and business. But, um, yeah, I appreciate you. I think anybody working with you is going to not just like get the result from that particular experience, but I know my work with you changed the way that I sell, changed the way that I relate to sales and has actually allowed me to really support the people that I work with. And I know I've referred a few people to you because like you are such a tried and tested and proven strategist and really help people get to that next level, whatever that level is in their businesses. So thank you for being you. You're amazing. Thank you. That was so nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Such a nice message. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Um, we'll talk soon. <laughs>